0: betus.com my God the Johnny Davis show in full effect in West Lafayette last night Badgers uh, opened as what 12 and a half point underdogs I think it got all the way up did you see 13 rowdy
1: yeah it was going back and forth between 12 and a half and 13
0: 13 points the highest it got the first time Wisconsin has ever ever beat a team I mean, I take that back the 12th time excuse me had been an underdog of 13 or more points. Since at least 1995 and Wisconsin wins in an insane win, 74 to 69, Johnny Davis, 27 of his 37 points in the second half. This dude is nuts. Facing another potential NBA lottery pick in Purdue's Jaden Ivy, Davis blew him up and helped the Badgers secure their upset victory in just a gritty, insane win, Brad Davison, getting it done in the final couple minutes of the game, 8 of his 15. Chucky Hepburn with a couple key moments. And the referees really making it difficult for the Badgers big men. As three guys fall out in the game, Bucky still finds a way to win. Zach Eady, Rowdy. Um, This dude is like Cro-Magnum man. He's like the Giants of the past. I thought it would be, you know, when he got that lob pass and he you got the Purdue Boilermakers within two with about like what eleven seconds left. I'm like, yeah, the oh one second God. dunk. Like this freakazoid is gonna, and I say that with all due respect. Like this freakazoid is gonna make it even more difficult the final couple seconds here. He is so big. What is he seven four? I don't know how you're supposed to guard him without getting a foul called on you. I think he did what? Did he get called for one or two elbows to the face? Uh, one on Chris Vogt, if I remember correctly. But that Zach Eady guy, Jesus, dude's huge. Good thing we have Johnny Davis, eh?
1: Yeah, I mean, the more you watch this Wisconsin Badger team and Johnny Davis, the more you think, well, I don't think he's going to be here next year.
0: No, yeah. As uh, now, talk of Johnny Davis being the uh, national player of the year is making it way is way around the blue check marks and the uh, the big J's of Hilarious college basketball.
1: How we started this season and a lot of the you know NFL draft or college experts. We're talking about Johnny Davis being a second-round pick and probably coming back to Wisconsin for a third year. To, I believe it was after the Maui, somewhere in there, saying, hey, this kid's actually a first-round pick. And then last night saying, hey, this kid looks
0: like he's probably top-ten lottery. (laughs) Yeah, I see Jeff Goodman had tweeted out, I saw a lot of other guys, Johnny Davis is a legit National Player of the Year candidate. Also, a couple other Guys saying, Johnny Davis, that's the tweet. Remember the name. He's good. Johnny Davis is insane. What he was doing, uh, that one three he hit uh, with a couple minutes, maybe a minute and some change left for Wisconsin to put the Badgers up, Uh, there was a point where I was like, okay, Bucky's got this game. Then Zach Eady got that, like, friggin' lob pass to him, and he got the game within two, but it was over from there. Badgers went and iced it on the free throw line. Johnny Davis with the steal and the, the dunk. Was absolutely incredible. That was an insane win for the Wisconsin Badger basketball team. I think back of all the, uh, speaking of the Big J's, the media members who all were saying that the Badgers would be lucky to finish 10th.
1: 10th in the Big Ten. Yeah, weren't they picked? Their highest pick was 7th.
0: Yes. <laughs> the consensus was like 10. The lowest
1: pick was 12th? Yeah.
0: Oof. Look at them. They just beat the third-ranked team in the country, the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, Rowdy, yesterday we were talking about this because Zach Eady, such a tall individual, and we were wondering what Stephen Crowell would be able to do down low and then I guess Chris Vote down low and then you know put any body on him down low. Didn't really work out that well for the Badgers covering Zach Eady, And then we're like you know, Wisconsin's got to be able to shoot the ball well to win this game. Well, Wisconsin won despite shooting just 25% from beyond the arc. It was the seventh time in 13 games that the Badgers have been under 30% from beyond the arc. They won despite shooting poorly. Now, key moments happen, especially Brad Davison at the end and Johnny Davis as well. But I think that just goes to show you how good freaking Johnny Davis is, dude. Like, isn't it insane of how this guy can impose his will? on a basketball court, and he plays for the Wisconsin Badgers.
1: It also helped that in the first half, Purdue didn't shoot the ball much better.
0: Yeah, they didn't do hot at all. And then they came out gangbusters a little bit in the second half. But yeah, Wisconsin just didn't shoot the ball that well, but still found a way to win. That goes to Johnny Davis just being the phenom that he is. And you know Brad Davison showing up at the end. Chucky Hepburn had a really uh, slick drive. And I'd say even right before uh, going into halftime when the momentum started to shift to Purdue, and then there was that little, uh, what, Painter called a timeout, and then Purdue had tried to have a little play before the end of the half, and the Badgers stole it, and Johnny Davis came up and flushed it down. That was a nice little uh, moment, too. Wisconsin never buckled despite many moments where it got very tense. I, I love this team. This team is so fun to watch. It's insane how much awesome this team is.
1: If you look at the three big men in Stephen Crowell, Tyler wall and Chris vote. Their numbers really don't look good, but I thought all three of them played decently well for what they were asked to do for sure. Because obviously they were outmanned outgunned. However you want to say it when it comes to playing against Zach Eady or playing against Travion Williams. Yeah. One guy that's just so much bigger than you and another guy that's just so much stronger than you. They used up all their fouls. They really did. And Now, granted, you look at what those two guys did. I mean, Travion Williams, 9 and 5, that's not that great. No. Especially when you have a big advantage. I mean, Zach Eady got 24 and 10.
0: I think that was a career high for him.
1: But Jaden Ivey didn't do a ton because Johnny Davis played extremely good defense on him. The big guys were good enough last night to win, obviously.
0: It was a team effort.
1: And they really only combined for, I mean, 16 points and nine rebounds.
0: And how but, many fouls? Fifteen. But fifteen fouls. <laughs> but fifteen fouls for the big boys. Well, and here's the thing: when you stack them up to Edie, they're not really that big. Friggin' Edie is seven four. Uh, what's votes the tallest? What is he six eleven? Well, I think
1: we saw last night how
0: the Wisconsin
1: Badgers are going to play against some of these big or good centers. They're literally just going roti- to rotate rotate yeah. three guys at him. How do you guard Edie? And just Edie? keep banging with him.
0: I mean, that's how you do it, right? You just have a rotation of bodies on him. But how do you guard that guy? Lots of elbows. He. I don't know how many times I saw Edie get the ball and just elbow someone in the face. Or
1: how how about the two times that Badgers got called for fouls down low? Oh, on the floor? Where, where Edie Traveled. literally picked up his pivot foot and moved it to the other one. And when you're seven four and your legs are that long, it puts you right at the basket. Was that how
0: vote uh, followed out?
1: Uh, yeah, he told. He, he totally t- switched his pivot. Foot. He
0: traveled, and then it was a floor foul, and then vote was. It was like, but the announcers, I think, were like, "Well, the foul happened before the travel." I'm like, "What? How are you supposed to guard the guy? He's he's already there, and when he's swinging around, he's already elbowing you in the face." I think it was vote who took him to the dome pretty hard. Oh,
1: vote was vote's the biggest guy on the Badger team. Yeah, when he's listed at six foot. Like what?
0: I think he's here it says he's seven feet for vote. Uh, I think he's like, that's a basketball seven feet. Let's see. They said vote seven feet and 257.
1: So 257, while Edie's, Edie's listed at seven four two eighty 285?
0: 295 here. seven four two ninety five for Edie. This dude is like, Purdue always has these guys that look like they found him in like the deep woods of Canada. Well, I mean, I guess Edie is from uh, Ontario. But when you look at some of these guys, it's like Cro-Magnum, man, they found I don't know where they find these dudes, but my God, Rowdy wrote what, what, what's in the water well, they're drinking. They're huge. You look
1: at Crowell and Wall, they can't weigh a pound over one uh, 230.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to look up uh, Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall's is 221, 6'9, 221. And then, what'd you say? Uh, let's see. Steven Crowell. Is Stephen Crowell? There's, he's got to be two twenty something too. Stephen Crowell. There is, ain't much to him. Well, two thirty four allegedly. Seven feet. Two thirty four. I don't know about that.
1: But still, that's that's 60 sixty pound difference.
0: Yeah, and and a couple inches as well. That Zach Eady dude is just wow! What a huge win for Wisconsin. That was well. They finally incredible. got a
1: second scorer in the second half in Brad Davison. Yeah, and well, that, was, that was that was Huge.
0: Yeah, he was what? Eight Remember was when we said fifteen in the final five
1: at the end of last year. That were like, man, this whole team can come back and they'll have another shot. But the that whole team with the Brad Davison's, Demetric Trice, all those guys, yeah, it was so frustrating to watch. Now you get some new blood, and blood. I'm glad Brad Davison came back.
0: Same, he seems re-energized, like a new guy.
1: And he and he's playing a different role. Yeah. He's, for the most part, he's off the ball. He's letting Johnny Davis do whatever he wants, You know, do what he does clear the floor and he's, he's become all of a sudden instead of the point guard or kind of the, the energy defensive guy, he's now become the guy that comes off like screens and shoots the ball.
0: Yeah. And he's great at it. Like, I love the new role for him. It's
1: almost as if Greg guard. Yeah. He's like, Hey, you're going to be the leader of this team, but you got a new role Mm -hmm. and And he plays it well. He accepted it and he's the number two. And we talk about, they need a number three score to be competitive against some of these good teams. Well, they only had two last night. And they still won, but I, I think if you look at the big men that literally rotated, and if Chris Vote didn't go out so early, yeah, would have played. I think all roughly twenty to twenty-five minutes. Like we said, they they still combined for sixteen and nine as as the quote unquote center. That could be your technically your third guy.
0: I mean, look at the look at the stat sheet. There was only seven points off the bench. Six of those came from Vote, who had a, his hands full, obviously with Zach Eady. And then one point came from Jacoby Neath. Seven points came from the bench. And then as Rowdy just had said, and rightfully so, there really wasn't a third scoring option. The third highest scorer was freaking Tyler Wall with six points. Chucky Hepburn had five. Stephen Crowell, four. It's And they shot 25% from three, and they beat the third-ranked team in the country. I
1: know Ben Carlson was a freshman last year that they said was – Pretty thin and needed to put on weight, especially for a guy that's supposed to play down low. Yeah, and again, he's like the Tyler Wall and the Stephen Crowell. Well, not really Stephen Crowell, but like Tyler Wall. He's undersized yes. playing against he's some six, of these big guys. Six, in two twenty six But I thought it, was, and I know he's come just coming off COVID.
0: He had a back injury last year too, right, Carlson?
1: But I think it says a lot when a former walk-on and Carter Gilmore is playing fifteen more minutes than him. Yeah. And at the end of the game, where you have nobody over the, the height of six five in the game because everyone's fouled out, that you go with Carter Gilmore over your tallest guy and Ben Carlson.
0: Yeah, he's that back injury last year set him back and then I think the COVID obviously, but yeah, he's you you hope that his growth and I'm not talking like you would hope he would grow taller, but his growth on the basketball court gets bigger, but I don't know.
1: The other question that I have with uh Wisconsin's rotation right now is what happened to Bowman? He was playing a lot more, I felt like, early in the season. And then he got didn't – wasn't he one of the guys that had the flu? Yeah. And he had then the, he was the non, COVID
0: list? Yeah, yeah. I think he's just coming back a little bit. But, yeah, Bowman was – he was getting a lot more play, I guess, with the shorter teams. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anyways, though, the Badgers find a way to get it done. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Speaking of shaking and quivering, that's what Wisconsin's defense would do to opposing teams. Death row would come in. And just decimate. But here's the thing, boys. For this Wisconsin defense, now the group was filled with seven seniors. Big role, right? So we knew there would be uh, some turnover. Well, now Leo Chanel has announced that he is uh, foregoing his final year of eligibility, entering the 2022 NFL draft. I feel like we kind of do this every year. Are we going to be concerned about Wisconsin's defense moving forward? Or is it just one of those things where they don't rebuild, they reload?
1: Well, when I'm looking at their roster, and the, I think the defensive line will be fine. Keanu Benton coming back is going to be a big-time player for Wisconsin moving forward as a, as a senior. I look at the safety position. I feel like they'll be fine with Torchio and Waller. Torchio. Obviously, those guys got a lot more run late after the Colin Wilder injury. I think they'll be fine there. I think they'll actually play pretty well. We saw Waller. Uh, as a freshman making some plays late in the season and even, even Torchio. Yeah. My, I, I even feel like the inside linebacker and outside linebacker position, they'll find guys. Like if you watch the bowl game, if you stayed up late enough, you saw that a redshirt freshman and Jordan Turner was making plays. Yeah. Yes, they always like, find
0: guys, right? though, rowdy.
1: Well, and it, they even have a lot of higher-rated recruit, like recruits that they had at the linebacker position that are either freshmen or redshirt freshmen that haven't played because of how good the current linebackers are, and that like TJ Bowlers. Yep. He's a freshman. He was highly recruited. I'm sure you'll see him at some point next season. Nick Herbig is returning. That's yeah. a huge boost. He's a beast. And, but then you have to talk about the guys that are leaving. You have Noah Burks, Mascalunas, obviously Sanborn. Obviously it's John Chanel. You're losing a ton at linebacker, but I think you find enough talent either with recruit wise or guys that you have in there that they'll be fine. My biggest concern are the corners. Cause you had Caesar Williams who was a six year senior, pretty solid. You had Feon Hicks who was a fifth year senior who was pretty solid now it leaves you with Dean Ingram and a transfer from Toledo, probably going to be your top two guys. Mm-hmm. Other than that, a lot of these corners, very young, very inexperienced, and very thin.
0: <laughs> but like, like, like who, do they got, who do they got there under the tutelage of all of that defense rowdy? Jimmy Leonard, who's got a guy that we have know can teach guys up.
1: Corner's my biggest uh,
0: question for concern. And you got a, a good corner coach in Poteet. Yeah. Oh, so. no doubt about it. So you look at this. Team, then with the players leaving. Well, you know, the seniors are always going to be leaving, but Leo Chanel going bye bye. And you would wasn't, didn't he win the 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 buck award? Wasn't he the best linebacker? Yeah, whatever, whatever the, I forget the, the split name is. Yeah, What's, I forget the split name of it. But
2: and somebody, but the not dude, to be confused with the actual but award.
0: I mean, go get your money, man. You know, like go and get well. It. I remember at the uh
1: beginning of the year when he first started playing, I guess you would say was that week three, week two because he missed the first two with the COVID stuff. Yep. They were talking about him being like a a third round pick by middle of the season. They're talking about him being a second round pick. And then you even heard whispers of first round. I don't think he goes in the first round. I think that's out of the question, but I could see second, third, Mm -hmm. fourth. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely getting drafted. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really think at this point, John Chanel could, or uh, Leo Chanel could really do anything to, to go up on boards because I don't think he's really going to improve his 40 time. I don't think you're really going to see a huge improvement another year in college and coverage. Yeah. I think he's uh he's about maxed out his abilities in college.
2: Right. And I mean, I think he's a guy even at inside linebacker, you if he puts on more weight, he could probably be like a defensive end.
1: He he reminds me kind of uh, like Chris Borland. Chris yeah, Borland see wasn't seen as a guy that was like super athletic when you think of like the Devin Whites of the world. Right. Because he doesn't run a 4 40
2: Knows how to get to the football though.
1: But he's going to be a tackling machine. He He's a smart football player, so he'll be able to read uh, the different, you know, blocking schemes and where the running backs are coming. And he'll struggle a little bit in coverage because he doesn't have the sideline-to-sideline side speed that the Devin Whites of the world have, I mean, but he'll be good enough.
2: I think you could put him up there with uh, uh, Blake Mar- like a Blake Martinez kind exactly. of Exactly.
1: He'll be a solid tackler, but he'll struggle a little bit in coverage, and, and overall he'll be a solid linebacker. He won't be your all-pro, but he'll be a solid linebacker.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, that will flush itself out, but when you look at what Joe Rudolph is doing now, leaving to Virginia Tech... What does that mean to you guys? Like, is was it a lot of people wanted to see him kind of like, you know, move on? Really good at a coaching offensive line, right? I mean, look at the line for the Badgers. I know it started the season off a little shaky, but is this, you mm-hmm. know, what's this mean for the program? I guess R.J. Nelson, when it comes to Joe Rudolph finding a, I don't know if it's greener, but a lateral move. You lose your top
2: recruiter. I mean, that's a guy who could go into Ohio and Pennsylvania and. I'm going to get you. And char- charm people enough to get him to come to Wisconsin. I'm going to get you. So, you know, you, that's going to be a thing now at Virginia Tech um, where you're going to be going up against some battles in the state of Pennsylvania, not just with Penn State or Pitt, but mm-hmm. now Virginia Tech. And you, you have to find somebody who can create that pipeline to the states of Ohio and Pennsylvania. Roddy, what that do you is- think?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is um, – especially for Badger fans, what's the old saying where it's, um, you know, don't always... Yeah. I, can't, I can't think of it right now, but they wanted him to be... Some people were calling for his head in the last couple seasons because of the struggles on offense, especially because he was calling plays. Yeah. Now Paul Chris took it back, and I think most people would say the offense was better this season. But a lot of people... We're very upset with him. I think he's been a pretty good offensive line coach when when strictly talking about offensive line, and then you bring in the recruiting thing. But uh, all in all, looking at the offensive line going forward for Wisconsin, I think they're going to be better than this year. You have a lot of young talent on that line. Mm -hmm. You don't have a ton of seniors. Tyler Beach, one of the seniors, said he was coming back for his sixth year. I think other than that, there's only two guys that are technically seniors, and that was Logan Bruss and Josh Yeah. Other than that, all the other guys that were recruited in the last few years with all those stars will be back. And you see that Wisconsin had more offensive line talent coming in this year. I think they'll be fine. I think the biggest thing is – going forward, finding a good offensive line coach, whether it's within the program or outside. And it sounds like, from most reports, they'll probably go inside the program and hire an OC, which I'm excited to see who they hire for OC. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm very intrigued on it, just to see. Because, you know, Paul Chris was taking on too many duties, I'd say, when in, especially with the new landscape of well, I think what just, COVID created as well.
1: Like, okay, in a perfect world, Say they got a guy that they wanted. Like you see, people talking about, oh, they're gonna bring in like um, a Scott Tolzien, or they're gonna bring in like a
0: who said that yesterday,
1: Daryl Daryl Bevel. Ben told me
0: they want he wanted Scott Scotty T Scott. By Delzien. the way, I he's don't, on the
1: Cowboys staff. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance they bring in Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel would not, be such no. a
0: demotion to him. Yeah, I don't think he can bring in
2: Scott Tolzien either. Well, he's balling with the boys, right? But still, I mean, he's not a coordinator.
1: Yeah. I just want them to bring in somebody that is going to be a little different than Paul Chris. Not because I want the offense to change, but just to have a little bit of of new blood or new uh, scheme in the room where you can kind of bounce things off of each a other. A little
0: shake, whatever. rowdy, and a little bake.
1: Not the same old same where it's, razzle, you know, dazzle. Yeah, like Paul Christ and, you know, a, like a Joe Rudolph type that have been there for 20 years and kind of have gotten the same result for 20 years, a really good football team, so, and they couldn't quite beat Ohio State. I want someone new and a little different. Same. Just because it it gets different schemes and different different play calling in the in the building. They don't have to 100% give him the reins uh-uh. and say call every play, but just something new in the building.
0: I think it's like this. We're re- redoing my kitchen right now starting today. Oh. Yeah, and I want new backsplash. But I, I want it to pop a little bit. I've been getting the white subway tile, but I want it to pop. So, and some people will get white grout, and that would just be boring, right, Rowdy? You get the white tile with the white grout. That's boring. You want to bring something in, i.e., a darker gray grout that I'm getting, and oh, make that white yeah. pop. So, that's why you bring in a little different change of pace, like, Rowdy, to take it to me doing my kitchen. Like, I would make it pop. I wouldn't see Wisconsin bringing in a coach
1: that, you know, has a lot of experience with running it? the air raid. You,
0: you get the reference? Get yeah, okay.
2: I get it. Okay, good.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, man. I don't think they bring in anyone that, I don't want them to bring in anyone that runs the air raid, but more of like a, a offensive, a younger offensive mind that's still more in the, maybe a little more shotgun, but still in that pro set, pro set yeah type offense. Just yeah. Just different mindset.
0: Yeah, I like that.
2: Would you bring back Matt Canada? Again, I think it would be a demotion,
1: <laughs> especially when he was working last night yeah, on Monday Night Football.
0: Would you bring back Matt Canada?
1: But that just shows how good some of the coaches the Badgers in the last two decades have had.
0: They've had phenomenal. A
1: coaches. lot of yeah. a lot of guys in the NFL, a lot of guys at head coaching jobs in Division
0: One. Yep. Well, RJ, you were you were trying to find an article. Uh, you saw someone typing about um, who would replace Joe Rudolph, and you opened up the article, and it was just a bunch of it. Just was questions on questions. No, it was just. One scenario. What was it?
2: Yeah. There's just like, Bob Bo's dead. Okay. And April's going to be... And no other hire. Just okay. There you I go. Think,
1: I think if you look at this Badger roster, my biggest question marks going forward, like player-wise, is corner and tight end. Yeah. yeah. Just because there wasn't... After, what was it, Cundiff went down? Right. There wasn't a ton of play outside well, there wasn't of Ferguson. was healthy one.
2: <laughs> I mean, you had... Cam Large get injured. Cundiff get injured. Rucci get injured. Uh, I don't remember. I think Jalen Franklin was injured. Uh, You saw, did I say Cam Large? Yeah. Yeah. So you had Cole Dokovich, Eichenbach, and Ferguson as like your only healthy tight ends. And you
1: know what? I can't believe I'm saying this, and I don't think I would have believed this a year ago. I would say number three for concern is quarterback.
0: We'll yeah, cool. see where it goes. Well, what did Zach say yesterday? That, 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 um, our sports director Zach Halperin, that Mertz is still growing and still, what, I can't remember his exact verbiage. Yeah, he's been there for three years. The, then That's what I said, like, has he been there for three years? Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Matt Lefleur, Packers head coach, on the podium yesterday. Talking about bringing players back from uh, injury. Who's going to be playing against the Lions on Sunday? A little of this, a little of that. Rowdy, let me ask you before we hear from the floor. Do you get the sense that freaking David Bakhtiari is ever going to be back? Apparently, he's going to be practicing this week. Yeah, that's what
1: I was going to say. La- yesterday afternoon, I saw that uh, Matt, Matt LaFleur said that David Bakhtiari would be practicing this week. So is are are we finally going to get it?
0: Are we finally going to get back? Agent 69? I think it's
1: a good sign.
0: I agree. But my God, it's, we've been like,
1: well, remember, it's like it's, teased all year with a dick around. It's a bye week against the Lions this week. And I say bye week as in it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it does no, it The doesn't. starters can play as long as probably they want. And then you have a bye first round of the playoffs because you locked up that number one seed. You better lock it up.
0: Yeah, you, you got you got it. You
1: got an extra week to get Bakhtiari, Zedaria Smith, Randall Cobb. And that's the other one. Randall Cobb is back at practice. We haven't heard any.
0: I think Zedaria I Z, Smith is done. I think Z's done as well. We saw him on the sidelines at Lambeau. Sunday night, obviously, they just, he got that huge chain. My man. That big old donkey rope that he's got hanging off his neck. That thing's badass. But I think he's not going to be playing. But he, you, he teased us with the Instagram post a couple weeks ago. You still have. We
1: keep getting teased. Randall Cobb, who, believe it or not, was at like practice. the second leading world, uh, receiver on the team before he got hurt. Dude was
0: at practice. He had that core injury. And usually that knocks you out for like a very long time. But dude's back. Uh, it comes from LaFleur momentarily. First, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who this?
3: Hey, happy New Year from the Badger from the Pipe uh, Pipeline from oh, the North calling in.
0: My man Troy, the Pipeline of the North, dude. Troy, yeah. What a I know game! You guys are what badgers, a game last Tom. night,
3: Troy. Oh my God! What a, unbelievable! You know when the expectations are so low and they <laughs> overachieve, it is so much fun to watch them compete and. You know, that's what I'm, I said
0: yesterday, Troy. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna keep my expectations low, that way I can be pleasantly surprised. Yep, and
4: yep. by God, I, I was
0: I was on Cloud Nine last night.
3: I got off the phone about five thirty last night with my son who's driving home from work and I said the, the out of badgers are on tonight and I, I I kinda hope they don't get blown out, you know? <laughs> and you know, and he's like, oh, they're gonna get blown out, you know, and I'm like, Oh my god and then I just you just smile watching the game and you get tuned in and it's so much fun and you know, you're we talking about that Edie guy. Uh, why Why wouldn't they not even review two of those elbows? I don't, I don't have any idea. I don't
0: even know how you guard that guy. It's like, what do yeah, you do? I
3: know. I know. I was thinking that a lot. The only thing I can think is you, you get on his left side and make him go right because he kept on backstop, you know.
0: He traveled. Stuff. How many times did he travel the road? He At traveled. least oh, twice. That, that
3: one on the baseline was terrible. And i, I that's first thing I said to somebody. I said, how can you miss that? Eight size eighteen.
0: It's size twenty, shoe. Troy. It's size twenty yeah. shoe. We looked it up. Yeah,
3: it's crazy. But what a satisfying win and a great win. Hopefully that can propel them to play, continue to play hard for the you know yeah. next couple of weeks because that was that was awesome.
0: It was. Troy, awesome. uh, did you have a good New Year's Eve, my brother? How was your the end of your twenty? I did. 2019?
3: I did. I had to go to a wedding over in uh, Green Bay there at the Nida Country Club, and it was it was absolutely awesome and a lot of fun and good.
0: Did you cut a little? Did you cut a little rug?
3: Too many old fashions, that's all I know, but it's hard to pass up. So. How about yourself?
0: I actually had a wedding. Yeah, It, it was great. My, my wife was bartending at uh, the Village Bar on New Year's Eve, so I went and hung out with her, and then uh, New Year's Day at a wedding. So I also had a couple old fashions yeah. and, and danced right. a little bit. Oh.
3: Well, awesome, awesome. Well, happy New Year to you and Rowdy. Rowdy, hopefully you're, you're uh, hanging in there and everything's going good. Good to have you back, and we'll uh, continue well, listening. Rowdy, Rowdy's
0: doing good, but he's very hung up on one thing and one thing right now, Troy. That was the Tennessee Volunteers losing in their bowl game when they should have oh scored. So Rowdy went, despite going 10 and 2 on his sports gambling the last two weeks, he can't get over the Volunteers.
3: Hey, I'll tell you losing. one thing though, that was an outstanding bowl game, man. <laughs> that was I, was I was I was pulling for Purdue just because of my allegiance to the Big Ten, but sure. uh, that that was awesome. So sorry, Rowdy.
1: It was outstandingly <laughs> excruciating. Joe, yeah, you're the man, brother. You're. <laughs> all right. See you, buddy. Hey you oh. guys, happy new year. Happy New Year. There's pipeline of the north. All right, Troy. Well then the worst part is that we had to watch it at Red Rock so that there were other people around going, Oh,
0: oh Yeah, and everyone's like, Oh my god, go Purdue. I, I can't believe Purdue they guys. did that. Then you were probably pro Purdue. It was a pretty great football game. It was a it was an insane football game. Okay, for all the- But did the Tennessee volunteers not score the touchdown? I mean, it's it's Tennessee. That's what you get when you bet on Tennessee ever. Rowdy, to your point, you did for have them, Tennessee. Last time you bet on Tennessee in the March Madness, you got burned too.
1: For them, talking up hooker so much, dude couldn't even hit a wide-open quarterback or wide-open receiver. I mean, he looked like he should probably transfer to Wisconsin.
0: There's just <laughs> – it's a shame that that bet –
1: Took away what was a just a beautiful. Display Rowdy will take of it to his
0: grave. He'll take it to his grave. He'll I know, but it, I, it was a great game. It's a shame. It was a fantastic game.
1: Horrible. Horrible
0: try, try, try being there, standing next to Rowdy and watching that game unfold. That's the real. You might need earmuffs. That's the real test of patience and you know, of being able to stay around him. Really loving the sport. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, it was fun though, uh, to a degree. All right, so we'll hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here. Well, right now, actually. So, Rowdy, when it comes to Sunday, the Packers, and you called it, what, a glorified bye week, essentially? Yeah, I mean, no one has to play if they don't want to. Yeah. Matt LaFleur talking about whether the decision to rest starters at Detroit is a decision by committee and what's going to happen. Take a listen.
5: I'm sure if you asked 100 different people, they could give you 100 different answers on what we should do. So right now the mindset is – going into this is we're going to play our guys um, and we're going to approach it like every other game. And I just think that the reason behind that is I'm not comfortable having essentially a three week layoff for our guys. I just, and I know you can look at it a million different ways and there's never a right answer unless it works out. So um
0: LeFleur is a good philosophizer rowdy. Lafleur must have minored in philosophy.
5: You know, if somebody goes in there and they get injured, then well, why'd you play your guys? But if you go out there and in that first playoff game and you lay an egg, well, why'd you rest your guys? So Lafleur, not a
0: fan of captain hindsight. Lafleur, um, welcome to twenty twenty one. Where I'm sorry, twenty twenty
5: two. No matter what you do, you'll be questioned by idiots. Oh, like th- there's not a right answer. Bottom line is, whatever we do, we got to go out and perform, and we know that, and and that's just. um the way we're going to go about it.
1: I think it works out perfectly for the Packers, especially when Bakhtiari has been off and on practicing the last, what, month? Mm-hmm. You have Cobb, who started practicing last week. Cobby. They they don't have to play in this game, or they don't need him to play in this game. And then on top of that, you take all your stars like Aaron Rodgers. Okay, you don't have to have him play if he doesn't have to. But I agree with Matt LaFleur and what him and Aaron Rodgers have said. I think they do need to play in this game. Totally. I'm not saying they need to play the entire game. No. Maybe they treat it like the last preseason game where they play three quarters. Well,
0: Rowdy, I'm glad you bring that up because Matt LaFleur was asked that same question. Will he pull players from the Lions game if he's seen enough from them? Like, as Rowdy just said, preseason.
5: Certainly, there there is definitely a feel to that. And I don't want to speak in absolutes by by any stretch. But yeah, that I, I just think going into the game, you have to approach it like that. Whether a guy plays a half or three quarters or whatever it may be, you got to go into it with the mindset that I'm gonna play this whole game.
0: And he's not wrong. And Rowdy, when you come to, when you get to the professional level, I mean you're on a strict regimen, you have a routine, right? And those guys love staying in a routine. That's how you stay sharp. Is you keep doing that. You know, iron sharpens iron when it comes to all of this. So you're in there doing your routines. Getting ready, preparing, and like Kirk Cousins for example, not to bring up you know him when it comes to the Packers, but Kirk Cousins, I think this is a guy that loves routine, right? The dude's phenomenal at noon kickoffs, and Kirk Cousins when he, you get him outside of like a primetime game or a you know an after a late afternoon game, that doesn't his record just tank?
1: Yeah, and if you go one further for uh, Minnesota quarterbacks, Sean Mannion's been found to play terrible at every time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good one. Well and, done. And, and Kellen Mond is so bad that his, court, or his coach isn't even interested in taking a look at him.
0: No. Well, a quick look and then putting him back on the bench.
1: No, did you hear those comments I sent yeah. to you guys? Oh, yeah. Hilarious. I'll have to find those again. But, playing. I mean, going back to the Packers, think of what we talked about. They've had so many injuries this year. They're one of the mo- most injured teams in the league when you look at, especially with higher uh, higher caliber players. You give yeah. you give Aaron Rodgers, you know, three quarters of a game to lock up his MVP award, get him off his toe. Yep. You you give Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari we both think Smith uh Zadarius Smith is done. Yeah, I don't think But just going. all the guys that have been banged up, they're still talking about uh Myers potentially coming back at center. Yep.
0: I mean And Billy Turner's gotta be coming back as soon as Billy I Turner
1: was another guy that they were talking about could be back for the playoffs.
0: Look at this. It's the so health.
1: nice because I'm sure you'll probably see a lot of uh, Taylor running the football again because you'll have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones yeah. out after two,
0: three quarters. Totally. Um On David Bakhtiari, LaFleur was asked, you know, is he going to be back Sunday playing against the Lions? Here's LaFleur.
5: No, well, I think the ideal scenario is that he would play and get some snaps under his belt before – you proceed into the, to the postseason, but we'll see where he's at at the end of the week. He's He will practice uh, some this week, and uh, again, I hate to sound like a broken record. We'll take it one day at a time.
1: I don't think he plays, and the reason why I don't think he plays is I think everybody in the NFL knows that David Bakhtiari, when healthy, when he has a strong knee, is a top-five left tackle in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And when you're that good and that high of a level – at the sport of football, you've seen that a lot of those guys can come back without Brody. taking anything and, and play really well. We talked about Aaron Rodgers not taking really any practice time and still looking amazing. He just happens to be one of those guys that's that good at his craft.
0: Roddy, the man on top of the mountain wasn't just put there, right? And, yeah, he. I mean, he's been
1: – I'm sure he's been working well, – nope, we nothing. know that – well, we know that he's been working out, doing different he wasn't. workouts. He and worked his way up. We've seen the fact that practicing he's been off and on. I as long as the knee's a hundred percent, I don't I don't think he needs snaps. Now, if it was a guy like uh Nijman or uh Kelly <laughs> Nyman Nyman Kelly, those guys need snaps.
0: Now Rowdy, we'll come full circle really quick. Again, I know you like the saying. Love the saying. The man on top of the mountain wasn't just put there, was he? No. Exactly. Here is LeFleur, Aston, Jair, David Bakhtiari getting snaps, or will they wait till a playoff game?
5: Well, in a perfect scenario, they would get reps but uh, in the regular season. But that's just, you know, we'll see if that comes to fruition this weekend or not. But, um, you know, they're, you're talking about two premier players, and I, I think they've shown enough over the course of their career that they can handle it. And I know the moment will never be too big for them, uh, and so we've got a lot of confidence if they're available that they will play. I don't.
1: There you go. I don't think any of the offensive linemen get one snap in this last game. That being Bakhtiari, Turner, or Myers, even even if any of them, the latter two or all three, I guess, come back. I don't think they see any snaps in the regular season. I think you see Jair Alexander. Get some snaps. I don't think he plays a whole game either. I think he gets some because he's the only one that's technically yeah. activated that's currently taking up a roster spot. I think he gets some. I don't think you see the other three until the playoffs. No,
0: I had some people hitting me up freaking out that Jair. Oh my god, he's on the COVID list. Jair was never going to be playing Sunday against the Vikings. The floor had made that clear before the game had started. You know, leading up to it. Uh, but yes, was placed on the reserve COVID list. Uh, new rules now: five days for vax or unvax that you can come back. Uh, here is uh, one last comment from the floor talking about, will Jair be able to practice this week now that he is uh, off the COVID list?
5: Uh, again, in a perfect world, you'd like him to get those practice reps. You know, I think that's going to be, you know, quite frankly, the, the discussion that we're going to have as the week progresses. Do we feel confident? Does he feel confident? And if everybody feels confident, that he can go out there and and perform at the level that we're all accustomed to seeing him at, then he'll play. And if if the answer is no, then he won't play. And but a lot of it's going to come down to his health, how he's feeling. Um, you know, I have not talked to him yet today, so that is something that I plan on doing here uh, very shortly because I want to. I just I want to check in with him and make sure he's doing okay.
1: So you know what I'm before. most impressed with with the Green Bay Packers this year. It's not that they have Brian Gutekunst in the running for GM of the year. It's not that they have Matt Lafleur in the running for Coach of the Year and just setting the record for most wins in his first three seasons in sixteen games that they played this year. Didn't need Correct. the seventeenth. Yeah, Cooper Cup will take that. What's your 17 or game season? I'm not the most impressed about Aaron Rodgers looking like he's going to win his fourth MVP. I think the most impressive thing about this Green Bay Packer team has been the offensive line yeah. and how how good and serviceable the twos and threes have been. Because you think about it, look at the original line if everyone's healthy. David Bakhtiari, out all year with a knee injury. You, at, at left guard, you have Elkin Jenkins, out for what, since week six with a knee injury. Center Josh Myers, out for, I think he was he's even, yeah, he's been out since, what was it, week four, somewhere in there. With a sprain... Or no, he had a, he tore his knee up, too. Mm. That's three guys just just right there that would be playing. Then you look at the fact that Billy Turner's been out. Billy. Uh, you've had four out of your five offensive linemen out for a good chunk of the season, and you had guys like John Runyon, who's a second-year player. Uh, you had... Royce uh, Newman. Royce Newman coming in as a rookie. Or...
0: Kelly coming in. Uh, or even, Kelly.
1: Even... Well, he... That guy's the worst guy on the line by far, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Nyman,
0: he, he's there, though. I mean, he came in and he's... Nyman is your third left tackle. And look at Rodgers. He's having an MVP season thanks to this ragtag offensive line that can Lucas, give him time in the pocket. Lucas
1: Patrick has been really good after uh, not really playing last year.
0: All, all those guys
1: have filled in and played really well. And yeah, they've been fantastic. I, I, I can't believe how good Nyman is because he can actually move his feet and block and he was their third left tackle. I just remember the days just a few years ago where this team was so thin at offensive line that you had to bring in guys that didn't think they were going to play or guys from the practice (laughs) squad at left and right tackle. They're thankful. And they were just getting burned left and right. Now Now you have your third guy playing serviceable football. No, look at him. Incredible. That's the most impressive thing this year from the Packers.
3: (laughs) Second and five. Rodgers comes back to the other side towards Lazard, who's...
5: The focus, the energy, the effort that they displayed tonight, certainly it feels good to be the number one seed, but we also know that it does not guarantee anything in the future, and we're going to continue to take it one day at a time, one game at a time, but hopefully this is something to build off of. I thought it was our most complete game in all three phases, and that's what we need moving forward. Don't
4: stop
0: Oh, I saw Journey in concert front row. It was sick. Mike Clemens, is this your go-to karaoke song?
4: Uh, no, no, I didn't, no, no, I, I I can actually sing, but I will not touch Steve Perry. That yeah, guy's Steve way Perry's, up on a pedestal, Steve Perry's
0: Steve yeah. incredible. I actually saw Journey at the Kula, the Atlanta Energy Center here not too long ago, and it was obviously the new singer. That dude crushed it too. It was an incredible show.
4: Incredible. He sounds just like Steve did on all the records. Yeah, uh, your boy here is of course old enough to remember the first time he went to Summerfest. He had his dad's car. He oh. drove down with two chicks in the back seat. Hell, yeah. We parked right across the street. We went to the Summerfest main stage, and it was Journey. <laughs> the first night I saw it, the tickets cost $7.
0: And was your mind blowing, Mike? Were you like, whoa?
4: Yeah, because you know what? The lights, you know, when the lights go on the city, that was on the radio the at the time. Lights. And, you yeah. know, we're like 19 or so. Yeah, and uh, And so we were kind of going to hear a couple of those hits, but it's like, hit after hit after say, and you kind of thought, you know, this band might go places.
0: Someday. All right, Mike, i got to ask you, uh, we'll talk Packers momentarily, but this is something that I was talking to my mom with before. I'm like, what was I? I need to know, because music, new music now, usually sucks more than it's good. I was like, when you first heard the All-Timers come out, did you know that these, like, how did you feel when you first heard a timeless song? Like, Don't Stop Believing, did it immediately resonate with you? Or you like, ah, eh, i got to wait on this one.
4: I'll tell you, um another concert about that time that summer some buddies of mine that were you know kind of jocks and i was i was kind of surprised that they were so adamant about going to see this one concert and and they said "Have you ever seen this guy i go no you know he's had a couple of hits i don't know and i followed hit radio because i think by the time i got to high school i knew i'd probably be in radio or tv someday and he said oh you're going well i'll buy the ticket for you and we got five or six guys we went down and this guy comes on the stage with his big band, and by the third song, he gets to the edge of the stage, and the people put up their hands, and they carry him over their heads, head, out to about 30 rows out in the arena, the Bucks Arena in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and while he's laying on his, guitar, on his back playing guitar. You know, like he's some sort of messiah. And then they, they take him and they put him gently back on the stage after he gets done playing that song. It's like, I'd never seen that before. The guy played for three and a half hours. His name was Springsteen. Oh! <laughs> and that's when I thought, yeah, this guy's got a chance. Now this guy's
0: on to something, I think.
4: Yeah. Mike,
0: uh, I would love to hear the concert. I've been to, like, 80 concerts, so I have so many stories, too, but nothing like the old time. I saw ZZ Top on their 50th anniversary tour before Rust- Dusty Rhodes died, RIP. I yeah. wish I could have seen when they first came out. But, Mike, yeah. Mike, how about this? Packers, number one seed, got it all locked up. Let's get back on track, and we could share concert so, stories all day. But
4: the so, Packers so got to Give it me out. some sense, because I've been so busy, you know, on the road, driving back and forth from Green Bay and the road games and stuff, And I haven't had enough chance to listen to what the listeners are telling you on the show about, I mean, what do you you gauge your level of excitement for this year's Packers team? Is this a Super Bowl team? What do you think people think?
0: Well, the people are, here's the thing, what um, is the big concern, right? It's resting players right now. It's that, should they rest them, should they not? Because the Packers obviously have been the one seed before, and it hasn't. Boated well in their, you know, for success for the Vincent Lombardi Trophy. So the debate's like, what do we do with rest and whatnot? And is this going to be the year that the Packers finally get over that hump? And who will it be in that NFC Championship game? Uh, That, you know, road goes through Lambeau Field is kind of what it is right now.
4: So this is the third year in a row that Matt LaFleur's had 13 wins. And, you know, he's getting into the playoffs. And of course, you know, he's lost two NFC Championship games, got overpowered by the 49ers, got outfoxed by Tom Brady. And the Buccaneers, and quite frankly, outcoached last year at that game. Uh, this year, I don't think the competition is quite as good as those two teams between the Cowboys. The Rams are looking better the last three or four weeks, um, you know. I, I or the, you know, or the debacle that the Buccaneers just went through, yeah, you know, with Antonio Brown. So uh, you know, you just start thinking this the window is there. Maybe they can do this even though they've got they're missing four of their five starters in the offensive line. But that's this that's the real focus I've got. Everybody wants to talk about records like Devontae's 21 yards away from surpassing Jordy for most yards in a season. Okay, great. Whatever. Uh, after the game, but I'm being really critical about what could they possibly do right now? Uh, besides getting ba- maybe getting back David Bartiari or Jair Alexander, what can they do with the team they've got right now on the field that can get them to LA and the Super Bowl and in, in those next two games after this game in Detroit? So I asked Devonte after the game. I said, "Look, I understood you just beat these guys, you know, 37 to 10, but those first three drives, you know, you if you're going to win here the next time you play at Lambeau in a playoff game, you got to put more than field goal, field goal, and punt, mm-hmm. you know, in the in your first three drives." So I asked Devontae, "Do they need to do better on opening drives in offense?"
6: Well, I mean, you can nitpick all day and and do stuff like that. And um, you know, I I would love if we go out and score 21 points a quarter, but it's it's the NFL. I mean, it's it's not always that easy. Going up, and, I mean, we put up almost 40 today, and, and I mean, freezing temperature. So it was it was a really cold day out there, um, and and we still went out there and handled business. And you could see it affect other people and. The, the way we kind of just lock in in a moment and just go d- get it done. Um, that's just kind of been the whatever it takes mentality. we kind of been, we've adopted that early and just kind of taking that throughout the rest of the season. So it's been a, a, a awesome ride. And, and, you know, at this point we just got to keep winning, you know, obviously nitpicking and all of that will help us. And um, we're, we're really hard on ourselves. I guess you could say we definitely, our team is definitely our biggest critics out there. There's nothing anybody could say that we haven't already thought or, you know, we, we're not already being real about, um, you know, with ourselves. So, yeah, it, it is what it is as far as, you know, getting an early lead and all that type of stuff. We just got to finish finish these games and, and uh, you know, put together as good a film as we can, and that's really all we're worried about.
0: I mean, Mike, after uh, – well, as the game was unfolding, right, the first quarter, I'm like, what the hell are the Packers doing? Like, is it, is it the cold? Because the Vikings aren't looking that good. And then, obviously, the floodgates open, but in the playoffs, you'd like them to start putting their foot on the gas, all gas, no brakes, starting from kickoff to finish, final whistle.
4: And I don't know if it's just because, all right, they're figuring out what Zimmer's doing defensively, so they're making adjustments. I'm sure that's part of it. Or does it just take a while even for the home team, this Packers team, to warm up and, and sort of get in rhythm? Because in the opening drive, Green Bay had that nice chunk play, 30 yards to Devante, But then they have a couple of incompletions. Yeah, There's that one dropped touchdown by 81 by jo- uh, Josiah DeGora standing underneath the post. He he should have had that, and so that's a guy who's obviously got to warm up. You know, got to learn how to play in that kind of weather like anybody. The next drive, uh, Aaron Jones had a nice run outside, 27 yards, and then the 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 drive breaks down. The third time, they decide, okay, let's let's use A.J. Dillon up the middle, and he just gets crushed. There's like three Vikings there waiting for him at the line. So I asked the same question to Lafleur yesterday, you know, about the Packers offense kind of getting off to a slow start against Minnesota
5: yeah I think we we definitely started a little bit slow um, you're right we were able to move the ball but we absolutely had a, a couple um, mental errors and then there there were some just lack of execution so uh, it was definitely not clean early uh, we got to be better and we had opportunities there uh, I know Aaron threw a beautiful ball into the end zone uh, that we we didn't come Come up with or come down with, uh, but yeah, there's certainly a lot to clean up on. Really, in all three phases, from our game versus the Vikings.
0: I'd say that game though was the best of all three phases they've had in quite some time.
4: Yeah, well, and and that's what still problems that after the game as yeah. well too. Um, one here's a positive: is that you know still knows Adarius, but Rashawn Gary really has continued to grow in his role. His position coach, Mike Smith, has talked this guy up for three years. Like, you don't understand. I, I, give me ten of these guys. The energy, the willing to learn, the willing to try things, the willing to, uh, to, to overcome injuries. And so Rashawn, you know, he, he had he sack man once had hit him four times. He had pressure coming on that, uh, that right side throughout the game. And they asked uh, Rashawn, how were you able to stop Dalvin Cook? You know, because you let Nick Chubb in the Browns running game go for over 200 yards on the same field the week before. How are you able to shut down Delvin Cook to under 15 yards in the game?
6: Just understanding um, our responsibilities where everybody's fitting and just basically making our corrections from last week. We knew they was going to come in and try to run the ball and try to run similar plays as uh, Cleveland that hit on us. So we knew that we had to go back, make corrections and come in today and uh, go to work. And that's what we did.
0: Yeah, that's def- he's definitely uh, coming into his own this season, especially late in the season with Nosy Darius. It was nice.
4: If Mike Zimmer gets fired, one of the reasons to fire is because the guy never seems to get along with his offensive coordinator. This time, it's Clint Kubiak, the son of Gary. You know, his dad, you know, got a Super Bowl ring coaching up the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And so after the game, I'm over there in the Vikings uh, media area for a couple of minutes, and Zimmer was at, you can hear him get snippy about uh, why Dalvin Cook just was got, you know, 13 yards on on the nine carries. And, uh, you know, he got snippy when he was asked about, how do you feel about, uh, you know, not going to the playoffs again? And, and so he's asked about his thoughts. And here he, he's throwing Clint Kubiak, Gary's son, under the bus for not calling enough runs.
1: I don't think we stuck with it enough, to be honest with you. I mean,
2: got away from it, you know, I... Talk to him about, you know, hey, we gotta keep, give give Dalvin the ball first play of the possession, we get a sack, second and sixteen, you know. Just
3: your thoughts on being eliminated in the playoffs second year in a row. I don't know, what what are your thoughts?
4: Well I thought it was kind of a disappointing season. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Appreciate your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love when coaches get sassy up there. It's nice. I like that. Yeah. That's funny, dude. Oh.
4: So then Patrick Peterson comes to the podium, you know, the veteran corner that they had. And that's a crappy secondary that they've had all after Harrison Smith, you know, and, and the injuries that they've had. But Patrick was up there and he asked, hey, are you concerned that Zim is going to get fired after this season?
6: Well, you know that's something that's out of our control. As players, we, w- we just want to c- continue to come into work, fight, go to war for our coach. You know, be a disciplined football team because we know you're judged off W's in this league. But I believe Zim is a great head coach. Um, has, a, ha- has a has a great connection with his team. It's just a lot of those games just we just weren't able to finish.
0: So, do you think, and Mike, this is this is you know my kind of idea here. Mike Zimmer, I don't know if you saw him on the broadcast on this TV screen too much, but his face was, like, beat red. Many say it was because of the cold. I say it's because he was embarrassed from his team's
4: performance. Or liquored up. Or, or both. yeah, that. or liquored they, they do that. Ice fishing up in Minnesota, man. They liquor up. <laughs> they go out there on the ice. <laughs> so LaFleur, now, hey, by the way. I suppose when you're going to lose your
0: job, you liquor yourself up, too. You know?
4: Right, right. Yeah. Um The the latest news, of course, new to the COVID list for the Green Bay Packers, Darnell Savage, Jr., your safety. Um, David Moore, the wide receiver that uh, just got released from the Seahawks, they picked him up last Thursday, put him on the field, and after the first kind of muff, you know, I thought he looked pretty good. The 121-yard punt return David Moore had in the game Sunday night against the Vikings, that's the longest punt return they've had all year. (laughs) Uh, Now he's on the COVID list. And also uh, right tackle. Dennis Kelly, the 31-year-old, he's on on the list. Uh, you ask LaFleur about this thing about, okay, are you going to use this stars? Because this is the first time in three years that LaFleur has clinched the week before. He always had to have that last game, so they had to get those wins to uh, secure their, their number one seed, whatever. Um, and I'll tell you, Aaron Rodgers, if you ask him, see, he's going to say he's going to go back to 2011 when they had secured the number one spot after going 15-1, and and he's standing there watching Matt Flynn and Matt Stafford go at it for like a combined 800 yards or something. Flynn threw six touchdowns, set some Packers franchise records, and Rodgers is healthy they're saying, yeah, this ain't going to happen again. So that's where Rodgers is coming from. Yeah. He wants to throw that record ball to Devontae. Lafleur asked about deciding whether to rest or play his starters in a meaningless game Sunday in Detroit.
5: I'm sure if you asked 100 different people, they could give you 100 different answers on what we should do. So right now the mindset is going into this is we're going to play our guys um, and we're going to approach it like every other game. And I just think that the reason behind that is I'm not comfortable having essentially a three-week layoff for our guys. I just, And I know you can look at it a million different ways and there's never a right answer unless it works out. So um you know if somebody goes in there and they get injured then well why'd you play your guys but if you go out there and in that first playoff game and you lay an egg well why'd you rest your guys so like th- there's not a right answer bottom line is whatever we do we got to go out and perform and we know that and and that's just um the way we're going to go about it
0: long answer um Shortened up for Matt Lafleur, Mike would be. You're damned if you're do, and you're damned if you don't.
4: Yeah, yeah. If, if one of your guys, God forbid, gets hurt in that meaningless game, you know, you'll never hear the end of it. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Campbell is going to hold on his job, even though it's you know it's been a horrible year uh, again in Detroit as the new head coach of the Lions, uh, because clearly he's had roster questions moving in. It's a total rebuilding situation, even though they brought in Jared Goff, and I think the Ford family. Understands that we'll we'll see, but you know even though he's had some you know bright days where they they beat the Cardinals they beat the Vikings um, they just got blown out in Seattle Sunday afternoon up in, uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, Rashad Penny had 170 yards and two touchdowns. They could not stop the run, and Dan Campbell said, uh, "Yeah, that was pretty much the problem."
6: Yep, didn't tackle well. You saw it, man. It it wasn't it just was not well, it was not good. You know, we were getting cut off backside. We weren't where we were supposed to be on a few things. We we weren't
0: stopping it. He kind of sounds like the dude from the Big Lebowski clips. I just oh, it just, it just hit me. It just hit
4: you me. You know, at first I thought he was a goof when you know that opening yeah. press conference that he had, but you know, I've been watching what stuff the Lions have been doing. I've watched some things on their even team website where he's mic'd up. He's a good coach. I don't Maybe he's like if the, the dude he's like if
0: the dude chose violence instead of peace well
4: yeah he's a, he's a motivational guy i he's not quite you know he's not in this class with Will Fleur and McVeigh and all that, but he's a, a motivational guy, and who knows maybe if he just gets a couple of more breaks certainly he's going to go have a good draft coming up so that's that's yeah there's up. that yeah. um last i don't understand the manning cast I, the curse up against monday night football i I think that's kind of weird um I think I'd just like to see Eli and Peyton interviewing guys and just have their own show and not necessarily have the TV on the background. But last night they had Snoop on because he's going to be the halftime entertainment. And then they had on Aaron Rodgers, who talked about – he revealed that Matt LaFleur is very fussy about how he gets his eyebrows trimmed, (laughs) that they bring in a barber into the Packers locker room, and LaFleur is first in line. Uh, Rodgers admitted himself that he had frosted tips in his hair in high school, and he also revealed that uh, the Packers offensive line coach, Luke Butkus, the nephew of Dick Butkus, often goes commando uh, around the facility. He's (laughs) wearing no underwear underneath (laughs) those sweatpants. I don't know how he knows that. But then Eli gave Aaron the business last night during the Manning cast.
3: Aaron, I don't think anyone's buying the uh I don't think anyone's buying the toe injury anymore. I mean ever since you you, you face the toe injury, you've thrown like twenty five touchdowns and no interceptions. So it's it's not working anymore. No one's believing it, so uh, you don't have to talk about it anymore. I appreciate that. I, I will say the internet is undefeated and the memes this year that i provided allow for a lot of humor at my expense over the next I don't know as long as the Internet's around, you know, with me showing my toe and my chin strap over my nose in Arizona. Uh, I think I've uh, definitely helped, uh, helped out meme lovers everywhere this year, I'd say.
0: It's been a great season for Rogers, not only on the field, but off the field with all of the madness, as he suggests. And, Mike, just to let you know, as Rogers uh, dropped a nugget on you, I'm not commando today, but I am wearing a thong.
4: I, I'll write that <laughs> in my log. I'm keeping a log I'm just
0: messing with you, Mike. I'm...
4: Well it's today's day one four twenty
0: twenty two. right to, to Mando. Okay. uh pink thong. All right Mike, you're the man, brother. We love your stuff. We'll keep following along on Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. And uh you're just you're just the man, Mike. Thanks so much.
4: I I think you I think I'm scared him off of mouth with the thong talk.